This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We're Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 549. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and you can check me out on Instagram at DavidPTDPT. But more importantly, make sure you check out all of our past episodes, MarkingOut.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all of that stuff, Amazon. You want to listen to it, you find it, you got it. Make sure you check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Also, check us out all over the place. Twitter, Facebook, follow Brandon, BTTG161 on Instagram and on Twitter. And make sure you're checking out Chris at Chris Dog. Hey, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always, and yourself? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. That's really nice of you. Really nice of you. Yeah. So how's your week going? It's uh, it's going. My my brother, sister-in-law, and niece left on Tuesday, so it's been like... It was really nice to see them for just over two weeks, but mm-hmm. like, man, it's difficult to keep up with a, a toddler who's almost two. Yeah, she... I was, I was saying that you, you do not need Hulu, Netflix, Cablevision. You don't need anything like that. Because she just is entertain pure entertainment. Well, you definitely need <laughs> like YouTube or whatever to get that goddamn cocomelon. Cocomelon. Uh, yeah, cocomelon. It's this cult. I don't know that, that. kids. <laughs> I, I was saved from this cocomelon. I don't know this. It's a cult that kids join when they're when they're toddlers. Uh huh. It's I don't I don't know what it what's why they're attracted to it but then there's also another one that's like a ripoff i think it's called super jj or something it's literally or it's super jojo actually i think it's something like that something similar to that exact replica of this cocomelon gimmick and it's like i don't know how they get away with it but cocomelon is i believe the second most subscribed youtube channel in all of YouTube. Really? WWE's at number six, but Cocomelon's at number one, uh, number two. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, wheels on the bus, pat a cake, uh, twinkle twinkle, all those, and it's like, oh god, how many times, at least she likes uh, the Pixar films and Disney films, so I was listening to Coco, and, not Coco, um, Moana. Mm-hmm. And hearing hearing the rock sing "You're Welcome" a lot, so mm-hmm. that I don't mind. Yeah, it's because still... I also like those Disney films. Yeah, of course, and it's still funny to, that like it's still funny that to watch uh, to watch this transition of the rock. Yeah, and... which I'll definitely uh, speak about later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wink. Yeah, right. But I got to eat a lot of good food. My sister in law cooked a bunch, so that was good. And uh, I didn't really do. Much else this week. What uh, What about you? Uh, let's see. I ended up going to uh, meeting up with two of my friends, and we went to 
the Cuban restaurant in uh, Garden City, and that was re- actually really good. I I like that the setting. Um, I'm always a fan you know, of. Uh huh. I hate Havana Central. Why? I just feel like there's no no food for me to eat there. Why not? I don't know. I'm just like not a, a I mean, fan. I, Even like when I went to uh, Bongos when they had that down in Orlando, mm-hmm. what did I get there? I just got a, a big piece of fried chicken. That was it. That sounds healthy. Eh, well, <laughs> I, mean, I think I would prefer Mexican food over Cuban food. Hmm. I, although I love the atmosphere of Havana Central. Yeah, I, I like the, the, the. I feel like when I go out to a restaurant. Especially something like a, a Cuban restaurant or whatever, even for Mexican food, or anywhere. I like the atmosphere. I like the. I like to be transported into that region that I'm eating. Uh, that I'm eating in, you know. Like I. I don't want to. I like to kind of lose myself in the restaurant and be like, "Wow, this is really cool," and it feels like you're on <laughs> vacation in a way. You're the M M&M and M of restaurants. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, but the food was good. Uh, the drinks were were really good too. And, well, what'd you get there? What'd you eat? Uh, I forgot the. It was a, a flank steak. I had some steak with rice and beans. Uh, the rice was like uh, had a lemon zest to it. Uh, the beans, black beans, and it was very filling, very good. Uh, we had some uh, guac with uh, plantains, and it was delicious. It was definitely delicious. I would totally go back there again. And, yeah, but that was really, after that, it was just a lot of work during the week, uh, weekend. And, you know, just rock and rolling. You've never been to Havana Central before that day? No. no I, Interesting. No. Mm-mm. But, you know, there's a lot of places on Long Island that I haven't been to that I really want to go to. You know, got to explore more. Got to explore more. But let's talk about some sports entertainment, and get on to some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Randy Orton opens up Monday Night Raw. Riddle comes out, and uh, he was happy that Randy Orton was back so he can continue to tag with him, RK-Bro. Randy Orton, though, played it like he didn't want to be a tag team with him anymore. AJ Styles and Omos came out and taunted them. AJ Styles challenged Randy Orton to a match. And uh, at the end of that segment, AJ Styles ducks the RKO. Orton goes to hit Amos with it. Amos reverses it. Riddle tries to do something. I think he tried to hit an RKO as well. But he ended up getting chokeslammed. Thought it was a decent opening segment. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that it was a solid opener. And this RK Bro stuff is... It's very entertaining. I think that is some of the most entertaining stuff on Monday Night Raw currently. Yeah, I am a big fan of RK Bro. I've said that many times in the past. Yeah, for sure. After that, we saw Baron Corbin show up through the uh, Superstar Initiative, whatever they call it, the Talent Exchange gimmick. Um, but he showed up to challenge Drew McIntyre because Jinder Mahal was going to be paying him. And he's hard for cash right now. Um, He came out. He had his theme song for a second, but maybe they just forgot. 
that he normally now during his down and out phase does not have any entrance gimmicks but Drew McIntyre goes on to pick up the victory over Baron Corbin I liked the selling at one point when McIntyre hit the Glasgow kiss Mm -hmm. from both of them I thought that was really well done yeah that that was a really nice move I like what they're doing with Baron Corbin too it's definitely it's very different for him and I think that he's going to be able to take this i don't do do you see this as something that's going to push him into that face status Uh, i don't know because i feel like a lot of people like this sort of a thing would push him to will push a wrestler towards a face status that like down and out bottom uh feeder phase and then they have this huge kind of a deal the fans start to feel bad for them and then he gets the support but I don't know if he's getting that support. I mean, it kind of happened with Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Took his uh, losing streak all the way to WrestleMania 35. Won the tag team championships with Zack Ryder. Good times. Good memory. But uh, in this match, Drew McIntyre goes for a Claymore. And Baron Corbin begs him to stop. McIntyre grabs the mic. Calls Baron Corbin pathetic, but asks him how much money he needed to get by for a few days. And Corbin, being Corbin, goes, I need $100,000. <laughs> and McIntyre, for that, hits him with a Claymore and picks up that victory. After the match, Jinder Mahal, Veer, and Shanky come out. Jinder, um... Went to, I mean, I think they went to go to the ring to attack Drew McIntyre. But Drew McIntyre waved his sword that he had dubbed Angela in honor of his mother. And they left. And, yeah, I don't understand the entire leaving part. But, like, I kind of, like, he even turned his back at one point, kind of, like, antagonizing them to, hey, come on down, let's see what you got. Yeah, but he has a sword. Yeah, but come on. Who's who's gonna He has a sword. Who's gonna He has a sword. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a bicycle. If if Nick Gage can use a pizza cutter, Drew McIntyre could use a sword. That's true. That's true. (laughs) After this though, we saw Carrion Cross, the NXT champion, pick up the victory over Jeff Hardy. Yeah, getting that that comeback, uh that return for him, uh getting one up on Jeff Hardy. You know, but Jeff Hardy tried to cheat here again. I don't get that. I mean, I guess it's a saving grace because it's not a clean victory over carrying Cross. You know, but, he I mean, do it fairly. For Cross, well, yeah, the victory over Cross was definitely he cheated, but yeah, here he tries to cheat again. I I don't understand that, but carrying Cross hits the Doomsday Saido, locks in the Cross jacket, picks up that victory, and then after the match, he. Hits a, another Saito and locks in the cross jacket again. So there's some dominance there. There's absolutely no correlation between what's going on on Monday Night Raw and NXT, though. That's the thing that's like, so we have the correlation on NXT, right? But we don't have the correlation as much on Raw. Like, we have the correlation on NXT because they, they're bringing it up about how he's out of control and going over to Monday Night Raw instead of staying where he should be staying. 
But on Monday Night Raw, it's not one of those things of, oh, William Regal's unable to control uh, Karrion Cross right now, and he's coming over to Raw challenging Jeff Hardy. And, you know, he's not even... Now he's uh, injuring... Trying to injure one of Monday Night Raw's talent, and he shouldn't be coming up here. It's like the forbidden door with AEW and every other company. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll, they'll mention it on Impact... Although, I mean, not to jump ahead, but they mentioned, obviously, they mentioned Impact on AEW this week. But do they mention New Japan on AEW? No. Not always. There's a big event coming up this weekend. Did they mention it? No. AAA? No. Nah, I, I know. Uh, next up, you had Alexa Bliss pick up the victory over Dewdrop. Um... Not the, uh, I don't know, not the cleanest of victories. I liked that Eva Marie at the beginning of the match tried to sit on the top rope for the match because Lily was on the top rope for the match. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people hated this ending. I don't mind it because I like Lily. But during the match, Lily winks at Dewdrop, puts like, a trance? Yeah, like puts a, her in a trance? Yeah. Alexa Bliss rolls her up, picks up the victory. Yeah, there was a lot of hate behind this, and I, I'm i sorry. I am a fan of this stuff with Lily. I think and it's entertaining. And Marie argued, saying it's just a doll. She is just a doll. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that this is going to be, I think that this is something I want to see play out. I mean, I don't know. And of course, you get the Bray Wyatt chance here. Yeah. God forbid they actually chanted that during Bray Wyatt matches. Uh, maybe he would still be here. But, you know, got to love those fans. I don't think so. <laughs> it still makes no sense. Apparently, he was supposed to return that Monday Night Raw. Yeah, that night was supposed to be his big return. But talking, uh, did, you see, did you see that mask that he put out? Yeah, it looks like a Jeff Hardy painting. Ah, I could see that. It, to me, it looked like, what is it, a kabuki mask? Yeah, I think that's what it would be. Um, others compared it to um, Darth Maul from Star Wars. No. Well, it's Darth Maul's got a very similar... I have to... Very similar. That's what Goldust has face painted up as for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Goldust was definitely Darth Maul, but that... Picture is de- is I can't see the Darth Maul aspect. Very I don't know, very similar, striking resemblance. Hmm. I gotta check it out. Afterwards, we had Sheamus pick up the victory over Ricochet, which uh, I think they had a pretty good match here. I the uh, the springboard springboard. I don't know why that sounded weird to me. <laughs> the the crossbody that uh, Ricochet did to Sheamus over the the commentary table. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Kind of like a. Uh, not really, but kind of like a Cactus Jack uh, elbow. But they took the tumble over the commentary table instead. Yeah. So that, I thought that was cool. I meant clothesline, not elbow. If I said elbow. But uh, yeah, I went into this match thinking Ricochet was going to win this, given the backstage segment that Sheamus had with Miz and John Morrison. But that was not the case. Mm-mm. Afterwards, though, Damian Priest came out, went face-to-face with Sheamus, 
Sheamus goes to walk off, also tries to sneak attack, but Damian Priest ducked him, dumped him out over the, the ropes, out of the ring. That moves into Priest match. Damian Priest picks up the victory over John Morrison. I liked um, Damian Priest using the drip stick after the match. And I like that this is... I like that this is heading further into this entire uh, Priest-Sheamus. Yeah. Um, But also, Miz and John Morrison are definitely involved here, but... After the match, he went after the Miz, and Miz ends up standing up, pushing Damian Priest, shows that he's not actually injured. Miz runs off. Damian Priest cuts a promo about Sheamus. He comes out. Damian Priest wants a title shot. Sheamus accepts it, and John Morrison goes to sneak attack him from behind. Priest hits him with a bro kick. So I I liked that inclusion. Yeah, a little one-up kind of a deal. Backstage, Mansoor and Mustafa Ali, um, they were talking to each other, and uh, Mansoor was apologizing to Ali and gave him a ring jacket, and Ali told him that he's going to go show him how it's done. He told him to watch and learn, and then T-Bar picked up the victory over Mustafa Ali. But they did go to him and uh, Mace go went to go double choke slam him after the match. Mansoor made the save. I so I kind of like where they're going with this entire thing with Mansoor and um, Ali. Yeah, I, I think that we need a fresh tag team, especially something like them. Um, I don't know. The thing is, do you think that it could fall into something like a lucha? Um, uh, Lucha Party kind of a tag team where they are that spectacle of a match and then they kind of just don't get used to that potential? Like, do you, you well, know what I mean? I think anything is possible in WWE. Mm-hmm. Especially with all the releases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Very true, very so, true. Uh, I'm not ruling that out, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. Next up, Reggie. Reginald. The 24- no, Reggie. Oh, so it's officially, uh, we're going to transfer? I thought the Titantron still said Reginald. It might have, but he's 100% going by as Reggie. Well, Reggie, Reggie, the 24-7 Also, champ. there was no Titantron then, so. <laughs> it was, everything was doing a photo shoot. Oh, no, no. I mean, uh, the week before, they referred to him as Reggie, too, but he had the Reginald uh, background, backdrop. It's possible that they just didn't change it. Ah, um, yeah, but he's but... doing a photo shoot, and Akira Tozawa and R Truth, uh, they showed up in disguises. They tried to get the twenty four seven championship, but Reggie was able to evade and run off. It was a good way to have the twenty four seven championship on the the program. I agree. It was a good little uh, way to include it, and it was fun. I love Reggie and the twenty four seven championship, and I. I dispute anybody that dislikes it, such as Al Snow. I, it is incredible, this title. Does Al Snow not like it? Yeah, he bashed it, apparently, saying that just really not nice things. Not nice things. He's a former hardcore champion. Yeah, yeah. Someone's got to remind him that one. 
<laughs> After that, uh, Bobby Lashley and MVP came out to speak about Goldberg and what Goldberg did to MVP last week. Uh, and then MVP begs Gage not to be at SummerSlam. So I think we're probably going to see Gage interact with MVP. Mm-hmm. Perhaps hit a spear. Um, I could see that. I could see but that. Hopefully Lashley walks out of SummerSlam as champion unless Goldberg wins the title and Big E successfully cashes in. Hmm. We had the tease last week with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, but I think, I mean, Goldberg, Big E has gone on the record saying he wants to face Goldberg. Mm-hmm. So if we could get that, would you be disappointed? No, Big E would be champion. You know, I, I think that this stuff with Lashley... Actually... Goldberg would also have been champion. Goldberg to me is just, I don't know. It's not going to be a long term and stuff like that. Goldberg is still somebody that people will get a ticket to see because they want to see a legend or a Hall of Famer. They want to see, they want to see those Goldbergs, those Hogan's, those Stings, uh, the Angles. They you say that? Hold on, you say that? There are rumors running the dirt sheets that uh, Booker T had said. Uh, Ric Flair does not consider himself retired and wants. Maybe one more run or or something like that. Booker T believes that Ric Flair is gearing up for one more run. Is that something anyone would need? No, but would they watch it? Yes. People are losing their minds over the thought of having Ric Flair versus Sting on AEW. Exactly. See, is it something if it would happen in WWE? Everybody's gonna complain. <laughs> Everybody did complain with the with even Triple H versus Sting, you know. Well, that's because Sting didn't win. <laughs> but even but everybody would complain if this was the on the in <laughs> WWE. But hey, who am I but a fan that enjoys pro wrestling, sports entertainment? Because when you look at it, pro wrestling is sports entertainment. It is entertainment. So it is one of the same, the same you know thing. What? You know what I'm thinking of in my head right now? Thinking of seeing a like 2021 or 2022 version of Sting versus Ric Flair. I go back and think like, do I need an actual match between the two? Hell no. But I go back and think, I think it was the 2008 Royal Rumble at Madison Square Garden when Piper came out, mm-hmm. and then Jimmy Snuka came out, and the two of them faced off in the ring. Yeah, you marked out. You love that. So, like, Ric Flair versus Sting in a Royal Rumble can make a cool Royal Rumble spot. Exactly. You know, But that's... I do not need to see them on Dynamite <laughs> or a pay-per-view or something doing something like that. But that's the thing. Fans are going to eat it up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. people are going to want to watch it. Uh, people with their parents there are going to want to watch it. People that used to watch back then are going to want to watch who they grew up seeing. It's just, it's going to be a draw. It's the uh, the last Nitro all over again. <laughs> yeah, right? Bring in Shane. 20 years later, imagine that. That's I like, know, right? 
crazy. But, but yeah, next up you had <laughs> Nikki, Nikki, A-S-H. Picked up the victory over Rhea Ripley, but it was by DQ. By DQ. Thanks, Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, I liked, I saw some people complain about this, but I liked the fact that Nikki Cross was taped up due to the no-holds-barred match she had last week. Uh, why would anybody not like that? I don't know. Like, I feel but, like this is something that I know for sure me and you complain a lot about it, where wrestlers don't sell an injury, especially to a larger magnitude, the week yeah. after. Like Cesaro, that one time, was incredible. Uh, Charlotte Flair <laughs> was perfect with using the crutch on the wrong side. You know, wait, no, that was not a good example. But the Cesaro definitely was. That's not on Charlotte. That's on whoever's not telling her. I feel like that's on everybody. It should be known. You use the crutch on the opposite of the injury. I wouldn't have known. Knowledge is power. But yeah, Charlotte got involved, attacked both of them. That just furthers their feud for SummerSlam. Yeah. After this, man, did I cry buckets or did I cry buckets? There was an Elias vignette where he's walking outside and he throws his guitar into a fire. And he's like, the old Elias can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because he's dead. Thanks, Taylor. I'll, like... I'm obviously going to give it a chance. I'm such a fan of Elias, but I don't know where where this could even possibly lead. Mm-hmm. Like... Total gimmick change. But, like, is he coming back as a race car driver or something? What's it like? I, I, I don't know... Like what? What could you picture in your head? <sighs> I don't know. I'm not too sure. I unfortunately, I'm not too sure what gimmick. I mean, I don't know why you would change the gimmick. I yeah, I don't get it. But like, Especially is he gonna follow the... it up? He's gonna. <laughs> what if this is based off of Taylor Swift? Where he, like, where he follows it up with, like, a dude love-esque gimmick. That'd be cool. To coincide with Lover. That'd be cool. Mm, Would it? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it wouldn't be, but would it? (laughs) I mean, what's going to happen with Riker now? (laughs) I have no idea. The old Riker is still the same Riker, and unfortunately, he is uh, not looking in good position right now. Yeah, I don't know. He's not been on television, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, he can't... Elias can't be the man for for obvious reasons. Of course, of course. Well... He can't be the archer for obvious reasons. (laughs) (laughs) True, true, true. He has no choice but to be the lover. All right. Um, but in the main event of the evening, we had Randy Orton pick up the victory over AJ Styles. And um, I was a fan of this match. I liked the back and forth. Um, what's it was your a take? Good main event. Yeah. 
even like outside of the main event, they had a lot of backstage segments and video package devoted to this match. Yeah, they really did it justice, you know? I thought that it was but, really hyped well. Uh, what's your take on Randy Orton's mustache? I have no takes. No takes. I, I don't. I don't mind it either way. You know, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I think that but, it's, it's uh, something something different that he's never had before, which is kind of weird. Yeah, you he'll, know, uh, possibly get a new figure out of it. Yeah, uh, it's weird that he's been around for so long, and this is the way that he, it like everything changes. Yeah, which by the way, speaking of figures. Go if you're a big fan of professional wrestling fan uh, figures. That new generation arena hit the hundred percent mark, so you will one hundred percent be getting the new generation arena if you back it within the the days left. However, Doink the Clown and the ring skirts are still there. They there's so many more uh, people that need to purchase that. So hopefully that gets to the 8,000 backers to get everything. And if you had pre-ordered this past week, um, you also got the commentator Macho Man, so that was cool. So what happens if you place an order and it doesn't work? You don't get charged. Uh Uh-huh. Nobody gets the diesel. Nobody gets the new generation arena. Nobody gets Doink. Nobody gets Macho Man. The ring skirts. But it hit the goal, so... This is just the the first of maybe many Mattel creation things like this. Hopefully the next ones are a lot cheaper. I feel like this isn't advertised enough. No, it's not. I saw Kevin Nash put out the uh, tweet saying a lot of people have been asking me to talk about this. So here's the tweet. And it's I think it's a really cool arena. The price point is really high. But I think uh, with the addition of that Macho Man figure, it's really cool. But... I think also Bob Backlund should have been included in this. Why? Well, he was the passing of the torch, really, ultimately, to Diesel. Yeah, but that was at a house show. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I feel like Doink... What's the correlation between Diesel and Doink? Hmm. The Doink, I actually like there because I feel like my first impressions of Doink appeared around that show because I remember him coming down to the ring, interrupting matches... Or at least uh, interrupting the crowd, uh, even like getting into it with Marty Jannetty on the at times, and then at sooner or later Crush. Um, so the Doink the Clown, I definitely get. Diesel, I don't know. Well, Diesel's the main figure. Doink is the bonus if you reach if it reaches seven k. Eight k, I think, is goof because it's just the in your house and WrestleMania ring skirts. But but I I. Hopefully, hope everybody gets the most out of this set. Yeah. But, yeah, so Randy Orton, uh, during the match, Amos saves Randy Orton from an RKO. Randy Orton asked Riddle to not be out there. But after that happened, Riddle ran down to attack Amos. Amos gets the upper hand. Randy Orton reverses the phenomenal forearm with an RKO, which I thought looked great. But after the match, Randy Orton yells at Matt Riddle. And Matt Riddle wanted a hug, and the fans were going nuts. Randy Orton was pissed. He goes to leave. Matt Riddle convinces him to get back in the ring, and they actually hug. 
And it got like that Team Hell No pop. It did. It got that team. For some reason, I was expecting WWE to like pan out the camera at that moment. Is like, are you making a best friends reference? Yeah. Like for some reason, I was like expecting them to just totally rip off best friends and and expand the camera. But of course, that did not happen. Did not happen. Um, But yeah, I, I was a good pop, but then it didn't last too long because RKO. Don't trust Randy. Randy. Then afterwards, John Cena shows up off camera. Big dark match, I guess. Randy Orton fake marks out for John Cena, and then all three of them hug. So who knows what's going on with Team uh, or RK Bro? Are you seriously? (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even see anything with the John Cena stuff. Well, that's, I mean, we're not supposed to. Huh. That's weird that John Cena would just randomly appear out there. Like that. Well, that's what he's been doing for all these shows. Every show that he's not booked on, he's there. That's kind of that's really cool. Well, yeah. I guess he's Cena. Apparently, Cena was like, "I want more matches. I want to be there more." Mm-hmm. And people are complaining. At first, I'm like, "It doesn't really make sense for if Cena's going to be there. Why shouldn't Cena be on the show? Bump the needle or whatever." But. It's like if Cena's not going to fit into the story there, you've given so many other people more chance and more opportunity to be on the show, then John Cena can appear after the show and pop the crowd. Yeah. Send him home happy. Yeah, why not? I mean, I think that John Cena's one of the best, so I think and it's he's, good. Like, at first, the that Summer Cena thing only took him through SummerSlam. He's booked for Madison Square Garden taking place... Two weeks after SummerSlam or three weeks after SummerSlam. So it's like one of those things where it's just like, do I think John Cena will be on SmackDown? Mm-hmm. I don't. But is he going to appear to pop the crowd? Sure. Nah. But that's Monday Night Raw. Before we move over to NXT, just to add to the list of superstars that were released after I recorded, it came out that Desmond Troy was also released. Which is unfortunate, but I uh, I don't know. I still don't get all those releases. Mm. But the actual show kicks off. Ember Moon was not cleared to compete, so she was replaced by Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai this week lost to Aaliyah on main event. Is that not something that shouldn't have happened? Uh, oh, I guess we're just not supposed to know anything about NXT... What's taking place with NXT? What like took she's place got a with huge NXT? title match taking place at Takeover? Yeah, next week. and and is in a huge title match at NXT as well, right? Yeah, I mean because that's the only reason that would make sense is is if Aaliyah was battling someone like let's say Raquel Gonzalez for the championship, then that would make sense that Aaliyah picked up the victory. Um, but well, that's not the case. But Dakota Kai did pick up the victory in this opening contest. She picked up the victory over Saray. Um, I really would have liked to have seen this a, at a takeover. Yeah, I was surprised to see this at a, just a normal NXT. It was a good, like, aggressive match. Obviously, Saray has that crazy dropkick. Dakota Kai has the, I don't know if it's the KO kick or Kyo kick. I don't know how she pronounces it. Kyo. Uh, the the kick that she hits in the corner. Um, I don't but know. But overall, it's a fun match. 
Yeah. They both hit both those moves during the match. Mm-hmm. No, it was really, really solid and a, a great opener. Raquel Gonzalez showed up outside the arena during this match and ends up saving Saray after the match. And she said that all Dakota Kai had to do was ask her for a, a championship shot and she would have gotten it. But now because she did what she did, she's going to tear Dakota Kai apart at NXT TakeOver 36. Yeah, I I like this entire aspect too where Dakota Kai didn't know that she was in the arena. Uh, yeah. Commentary was playing, oh, she's in the parking lot, she's coming down to the ring right now. And then she just chased her on off. So I was a I was a big fan with that huge segment. Also, um, I didn't realize that the match wasn't confirmed last week when everything went down. Huh. Interesting. But it was confirmed now. Yeah. But throughout the night, we saw a bunch of videos from Index's first date, Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis. Johnny and Candice were like the mom and dad. In these segments, and Johnny Gargano um, ends up being there. Oh, actually, not Johnny Gargano. Candice LeRae ends up being there. They went to an Italian restaurant. Indy Hartwell was obviously doing all the talking, and she hears a like a walkie-talkie go going off, and she goes searching. Candice LeRae's hiding behind a menu. <laughs> Later on, Johnny Gargano was in disguise to bring a cake out to them for dessert. She takes the disguise off to big surprise. It was Johnny Gargano. And uh, it ends up hitting Dexter Loomis in the face. But Indy Hartwell ate the cake off his face and still went in for a kiss for that whole group of videos to end. I Very entertaining. Yeah, and I thought that it was... This entire thing was highly entertaining. Uh, I, I just I love the interaction with Johnny and Loomis, uh, the entire father uh, role. I thought that it was just great, great, great. Yeah, and it's good practice for Johnny Gargano. Him and Candice LeRae announced that they are expecting Yeah, I, baby I, wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked at the end of it with her saying, I, I, uh, I never said I didn't like dessert or whatever. And she just yeah. licks the, uh, gets the cake right off Loomis's face. But a yeah. ton of fun. Next up, you had Hit Row uh, cutting a promo on uh, Legato. And I thought this was an awesome promo talking about how uh, they ripped out the grill from uh, from his mouth. And now they took his mask and threw it right into that, that fire. Well, I don't think that was... I don't think that was Escobar's mask. But it was but, basically... Swerve, Swerve was saying how... They disrespected their culture. Now they will disrespect their culture. Yeah. So they burned a luchador mask. I don't think it was like any relation to Legato, just like lucha libre in general. Yeah, exactly. But it could be sim- it could be symbolic as to what's going to happen to their mask at some point coming soon. Well, I mean, they don't really wear masks, so I don't know. Well, I mean, they. They do at times. Entrance-wise, but... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. After that, though, L.A. Knight was interviewed about leaving Cameron Grimes by himself in the match the other week. L.A. Knight basically kept saying that Cameron Grimes is just a butler. 
And he's like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to win my match. Show Cameron Grimes how to do it. LA Knight goes out there, picks up the victory over Andre Chase. Very quick match. Afterwards, LA Knight tried to make uh, Cameron Grimes shine his boot. Ted DiBiase came out and said that he knows Cameron Grimes is a a man of his word, but Grimes could be doing so much more. And LA Knight asked Ted DiBiase, like, what are you doing here? And DiBiase's like, shut your mouth. (laughs) DiBiase kind of goats LA Knight into giving Cameron Grimes a title shot. At TakeOver 36. And LA Knight said that when he beats Cameron Grimes at NXT TakeOver 36, Cameron Grimes could be relieved of his his butler duties. But Million Dollar Man will be his butler in his place. Yeah, gotta replace him. Do you think that's gonna happen? Or do you think it'll be like the big Cameron Grimes pop on the Million Dollar Champion now? I think we're going to get the Cameron Grimes pop on the Million Dollar Champion now. I still want to see uh, LA Knight demolish that championship, though. Well, really bad. Really bad. But next After up, that, we he- saw a Gigi Dolan video package where she's going to be running through the women's division, but she's not going to do it alone, which right there... She's chopping off the heads off of uh, all these roses except for one. So that leads me to believe Mandy Rose is involved. I thought, of course, JC Jane, we've seen them together. So she'll probably be involved there. And it leads into Gigi Dolan picking up the victory over Amari Miller. And JC Jane was out there with Gigi Dolan. Hmm. So she is involved. I just don't know. There's obviously going to be some sort of Mandy Rose involvement. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of the of Gigi Dolan. I think that uh, she's definitely a unique character that we haven't seen in a little bit. My one gripe that I'm disappointed about that she's not announced from Moon Creek, Georgia anymore. I know that was like a made-up place. At least I think it's a made-up place. But What's when she was Priscilla Kelly, she was from Moon Creek, Georgia. Now it's just Atlanta. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But uh, that abdominal stretch pin that she did was super cool. Like the yeah, I thought that that power... Bo- I don't even know what to call it. It was like a... It's kind of a... Snap- abdominal stretch power bomb pin? I don't know. Like a crucifix I, bomb? I was going to say like a snap... Uh, in there, you know, like a snap crucifix pin. Yeah. Could very similar to uh, Paige's move, but not Paige's move. Yeah, with I, just, I could picture that. Yeah, like just with the speed of that taking place. You know? It's just the speed. After that, we saw Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly in their face-to-face with William Regal presiding over this. William Regal announces a two out of three falls match at NXT TakeOver 36, and they each got to pick a stipulation. Kyle O'Reilly chose pinfall slash submission. Adam Cole chose street fight. I thought it was a great promo from Adam Cole. Good segment here. Adam Cole said that Kyle O'Reilly has been riding his coattails for his whole career, and nobody can touch him. Security breaks up a little fight between the two of them, and William Regal announced the third stipulation, 
and minus the barbed wire that was used prior, this is literally what Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano had at NXT TakeOver Toronto in 2019. Where the first falls a singles match, second falls a street fight, third falls, if if it makes it to it, is a steel cage. Hmm. What, like, why? Yeah. I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's not, so that's not necessary. One, like, gripe with that. It's the same exact match. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Except I think Kyle O'Reilly is going to come out on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen with Adam Cole. There's rumors that he's moving to Raw or SmackDown. AEW offered a million-dollar contract for, for, the, for Raw and SmackDown. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if anything is true. What is true this day and age? After that, though, we saw a backstage segment with Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher where Ciampa spoke about Pete Dunne and Oni Larkin needing Ridge Holland to take them out. Ciampa then goes to challenge him, but Timothy Thatcher cuts him off and challenges Ridge Holland instead. After that, we get an Imperium video package that gets cut off by MSK, who is parodying them. I feel like it's been a while since we've seen seen MSK on NXT. Um, I mean, we've had them in the tidbits and stuff, but I, I don't remember. Yeah, we. I think but, that they've been in backstage little segments, but it's I feel like it's been a while since they've done anything where it's memorable. Yeah, and MSK said that if Imperium wanted a title shot, just let him know. So that's probably... Actually, I think that is happening. Mm-hmm. No, but... Um, yeah, I agree. After that, Odyssey Jones picked up the victory over Trey Baxter to advance in the NXT Breakout Tournament, which I thought was a good match. Jones obviously coming out looking like a beast. Baxter doing some cool moves in this also. This entire tournament, though, I'm losing interest in. I don't know if it's... I think it's going to be... Well, Odyssey Jones, he's moved into the finals. He got interviewed afterwards. He got a little chance to show some personality as he moved into the the finals. Two weeks, perhaps? I think probably Duke Hudson's going to be in the finals as well. Yeah, I could see Duke Hudson doing it. So... But after that, William Regal told Mac Mitchell that on next week's NXT dubbed title Tuesday, Imperium will be facing MSK for the Tag Team Championships, and Kushida will be facing Roderick Strong for the Cruiserweight Championship. William Regal mentioned Diamond Mind during this. What is Diamond Mind even, if Tyler Rust is gone? I'm confused with Diamond Mind. Are we, is he being... Diamond Mind right now is a manager, a wrestler, and a coach. Mm-hmm. But after that, Boa picked up the victory over Drake Maverick. Uh, Mei Ying was ringside with Boa, something that we have not seen before. And she ended up blowing smoke into Maverick's eyes, led to the ending. Boa lands a, a kick on Drake Maverick, picks up that victory there. Yeah. I Somewhat quick match. Is this Boa's first match or first win? No. 
Uh, I don't... I'm going to say no. I feel like he's just... I don't know. He's being forgettable. Like, there's really not that much draw factor. But I'm happy that he got the victory over Drake Maverick. But I don't know where this is going to go. I really had the win the other week with uh, Zia Lee. They defeated Jake Atlas and Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, but I mean, singles-wise... In on TV, yes, right on singles wise, yeah, because TV he's been just like used as enhancement talent. Mm-hmm. 2019, he lost to Cameron Grimes, lost to Killian Dane, and then first TV match this this year was Boa and Zia Lee, Jake Atlas, Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, prior to that, obviously, there was other like losses on TV. As mm-hmm. an extra. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Hmm. First singles victory. Uh, after that, we had a Karrion Cross and Samoa Joe video package, which obviously really well done. They'll be uh they'll have a face to face next week for the final NXT before takeover. I liked Samoa Joe cursing during this. It definitely got the point across a little bit more. Yeah. He's like, I came to mess him up. And it worked. Uh, Earlier in the night, though, we saw Ilya Dragunov make his debut in NXT over here, which I think it was super cool to see him on television. Uh, It was just hype for NXT TakeOver 36. But Pete Dunne cut it off, and he said that it's because of him that... Guys like Dragunov are even able to come here and face Walter. Dragunov said he's going to defeat Walter, which is something Pete Dunne could not do, and then challenged him to a match. Pete Dunne picks up the victory over Ilya Dragunov. Um, When they announced this match as as being a, a match on NXT as the main event, I was super pumped. So yeah, you fan of both of them. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know Dragonoff all that well, uh, but I know you are a big fan. Yeah, and it was a hard hitting match as expected. Um, obviously there were some goofy antics here as he went for the the torpedo Moscow. Walter showed up. Dragonoff goes for the the torpedo Moscow again, but Pete Dunne reversed it, hits the bitter end, picks up that victory. Walter gets in the ring, attacks Ilya Dragunov, and Ilya reversed it, hits him with the Torpedo Moscow, ends the segment. I thought it was a ends great... show. Yeah, I thought it was a great way to end it all. I mean, Walter helping Pete get the victory, but I like how Dragunov was able to get one up on Walter, and the crowd loved, the, loved Walter appearing. Yeah, and I guess you could say ironically... The last time Ilya Dragunov and Pete Dunne were in the ring together, they were tag-teaming against Walter and Alexander Wolf in NXT UK in October 2020, I think. Hmm. Just a one-and-done. Interesting. Um, but yeah, that's NXT moving over to NXT UK. It opened up with Wolfgang picking up the victory over Flash Morgan Webster. Which I thought after the Poison Rana and the knee from Flash Morgan Webster, that was going to be it. But Wolfgang 
ends up reversing a rolling senton from the top rope hits a huge spear to pick up that victory good match there um after that Sid Scala announced that in two weeks time Ginny will be facing off against Aoife Valkyrie in a no DQ match but Joseph Connors will be locked in a cage ringside and obviously we know when people are locked in cages they can't do anything even though like we've seen it tons of times where that's not the case yeah but I'm hoping that Aoife Valkyrie picks up the victory there I hope so after that, Amel picks up the victory over Nina Samuels. Super aggressive match here. But something happened in this match that I don't recall I ever seeing before. The referee, Artemis, counts the first count with her left hand and then switched over to her right hand for the final two counts. I just thought it was something interesting, but can you recall ever seeing that before? Like so, counting one with your left hand and then two, three with your right hand or something? Never, I literally don't never, think I've ever seen that. Never. I just thought that was something cool to point out. But after that, Mako Satamora spoke about how Stevie Turner stepped up. And next week, she's going to teach her a lesson about respect. And then the main event of this week's episode, Noam Dar picked up the victory over Mark Andrews to advance in the NXT UK Heritage Cup number one contender tournament. That is a mouthful. But I don't think I ever, like, not enjoy matches like this with the Heritage Cup rules. I'm such a fan of that that style of wrestling, but Tio Man and Rohan Raja came out during this, maybe caused a little distraction, maybe they didn't, but with about 20 seconds left in the third round, Noam Dar picks up the first fall with a submission, Mark Andrews works Noam Dar's knee in the fourth round, evens it out with a quick pin, but ultimately Noam Dar was able to hit that Nova Roller to win that match and move on in that tournament. But uh, that is NXT UK. Moving over to SmackDown. John Cena opens up, giving uh, Roman Reigns letter grades. Roman Reigns comes out. It was about a 10-minute segment with Roman Reigns' entrance. They cut to commercial. And when it came back, John Cena basically said that he doesn't need to beat Roman Reigns. He just needs the one, two, three. Roman Reigns said that John Cena is good enough to be WWE champion, but not win the Universal Championship at SummerSlam. Roman Reigns brought up Nikki Bella. John Cena brought up Roman Reigns running Dean Ambrose out of WWE. He also kind of made a CM Punk reference by uh, mentioning maybe he'll blow a kiss on his way out after winning the title. Um, What started out kind of weak for me, turned into a really fun promo. And I thought it was, I really enjoyed this opening segment after the the first 10 minutes. After that first match of the evening, saw Shinsuke Nakamura pick up the victory over Apollo Crews to become the new Intercontinental Champion. Did not expect that at all, but Rick Boogs gets up on the ring apron during the match, played some guitar, so the referee kicks him from ringside. Commander Aziz also then gets up on the ring apron and gets kicked from ringside. Decent match. I just, uh, I was not expecting Nakamura to win that Intercontinental Championship. I don't know what will be next for either of them. 
After that, the Street Profits picked up the victory over the Alpha Academy. It was nice to actually see Chad Gable wrestling. And I liked the frequent twa- the, the frequent tags between him and Otis. Um, the end, though, was an accidental tag. Gable was distracted by that. Dawkins takes advantage. Montez Ford flies over the top rope and uh, lands on Otis, who like almost barely moves. Insane dive. Good match, though. After that, Seth Rollins came out, aired a uh, retrospective of the history between Edge and Seth Rollins. Uh, The video puts Seth Rollins over so much more to make it look like Edge is Seth Rollins light versus Rollins being Edge light. And Rollins ends it by saying that if he stomps, if his stomp puts Edge out for good, then so be it. The fans really wanted Edge here, but Edge wasn't here. I think it was still a good segment regardless of that. After that, the Mysterios picked up the victory over the Dirty Dogs. The Usos appeared on the screen to cause some distractions for the Mysterios. Rey Mysterio told Dominic to focus, which he was then able to get that quick pin on Robert Roode to to win the match. After that was Baron Corbin's last plea which uh, Corbin said that it's his last plea to the fans and everyone just needs to give him a minimum of $1,000. Kevin Owens cuts this off and said that Corbin clearly doesn't want to help himself. He just wants to take advantage of other people. He ruined Finn Balor's title shot. He went to Monday Night Raw, asked Drew McIntyre for $100,000. And then Corbin said that he's not going to leave until Kevin Owens gives him a minimum of $1,000. So Kevin said that he'll do it, but he has to help himself to get it. If Corbin can beat Kevin Owens, then Kevin Owens will give him the money. But if he loses, Corbin has to stop begging people. Corbin agreed and basically said that he wouldn't be in this mess if it wasn't for Kevin Owens being such a cheap piece of... Then Kevin Owens hits him with a stunner. Leads into the match. Kevin Owens picks up the victory over Baron Corbin. Corbin faked an injury as soon as the bell rang. Tried to get a quick, uh, tries to get a quick victory there, but uh, it turns into a pretty good match. Seemed like Corbin could have actually picked up the victory, but Kevin Owens ultimately won and uh, hit him with another stunner after the match. Backstage, Caleb Braxton asked uh, Baron Corbin what's next for him. And he stole Big E's Money in the Bank briefcase, ran off. So if John Cena could sign his name on Finn Balor's contract, then maybe Corbin should be able to steal Big E's Money in the Bank contract. SmackDown ends with the SmackDown Women's Championship contract signing for SummerSlam. Bianca Belair reiterated that all Sasha Banks had to do was ask. Banks yells, she brings out some witnesses before she signs, that being Carmella and Zelina Vega. This turns into a huge brawl uh, where Bianca Belair took out Carmella and Zelina Vega, but Sasha Banks ending SmackDown with the bank statement on top of that table using Bianca Belair's hair braid. Really decent segment here. I'm wondering maybe we're going to get like a 2021 version of the the BFFs from NXT, which uh, that that consisted of Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and eventually Summer Rae. Maybe that'll be the outcome of that segment. 
But that is SmackDown. Before I move into the break, I wanted to mention the unfortunate passing of Dominic DiNucci, who passed away this week at the age of 89. He won the WWF International Tag Team Championships once with Bruno San Martino, who was a close friend of his. He won the WWF World Tag Team Championships twice, once with Victor Rivera, who was replaced by Pat Barrett when Victor left the the company. And then again with Dino Bravo, he trained guys like Mick Foley, Shane Douglas, and a few other guys. I'd like to offer my condolences to his family and his friends. And now I'm going to take a quick break right now with a word from our sponsor over at Manscaped. And I'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. Get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium. I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed Stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's one for this uh, read at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 549. Remember to head over to manscaped.com. Use that code regardless. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. You got some pesky nose hairs? Get that weed whacker. Get some body wash, some crop cleanser, some t-shirts, some boxers, or the lawnmower 4.0. Going to move over to some AEW right now. It kicked off with the Elite picking up the victory over the Seidels and Dante Martin. Prior to the match, they announced that Omega will be facing Christian at All Out. I feel like maybe the fans are going to be pissed off that it's 100% not Adam Page, although people aren't fully convinced that it's 100% Christian. But in this match, I think Dante Martin shined the absolute most. 
It's a shame that Darius tore his ACL a few months ago um, because I've been enjoying the heck out of both of them as a team. But Dante Martin, man, he was fantastic in this match. Uh, Omega and the Young Bucks, I think, are just too goofy for me to enjoy as a team, though. It took four V-triggers to take Martin out. I don't know how that really makes sense. He's never on TV. But after the match, Don Callis spoke and gets cut off by Christian. Callis says that Christian's outnumbered. He mentioned 10 members of the elite. I don't, I can't count 10. The most I get is eight. So maybe there's like a spoiler that two more will be coming in or something. But Christian cuts it off. Uh, Like I said, Jurassic Express come out to back him up. Big time CM Punk and Yes Chance during this segment. I don't know why they wouldn't just announce the Christian match after this, if this segment was going to happen. But Christian mentioned that when he was getting that match made for All Out with Tony Khan, Scott Demore was also there. And Kenny Omega will face him on Rampage this week for the Impact Championship The Jurassic Express will be facing the Young Bucks for the tag team titles next week. I just don't understand why. If if, if it's the main event of All Out, why would you do Christian versus Kenny Omega on Rampage? Same exact match. Just a different championship. That doesn't make sense to me. But I'll talk about that next week. Malachi Black had a video promo. Cody is out indefinitely and they said that they have no clue when Cody is going to be returning or when when he'll uh, be seen again, but they immediately go to a promo for Roads to the Top, which is his reality TV show. So I assume we'll see him back on Dynamite on September 29th, the same night as the show premieres. After that, we had a Miro video package where he said the locker room's afraid of him. And then brings up Fuego Del Sol. Fuego Del Sol somehow has a title shot for Rampage. So Miro is essentially just going to be facing a bunch of guys for the TNT Championship who will 100% never have that opportunity to defeat him. Like, there is no way in hell Fuego Del Sol beats Rusev, Miro. There's just no way. He's not a number one contender. He's not ranked. I don't even know if he's won a match in AEW. After that, Darby Allen picks up the victory over Daniel Garcia. I liked Daniel Garcia being ready to reverse some of the classic Darby Allen spots, but not much took place in this match. I liked Team 2.0 trying to jump Darby afterwards, but I didn't really care for Sting and Darby getting the upper hand, specifically Sting there. But next week, they announced a Texas Tornado match live on Dynamite. Sting and Darby Allen will be wrestling against Team 2.0, which I am so pumped for because of Team 2.0. Um, that is like 100% next week. If you ask me what I'm most looking forward to for, for Dynamite, it's that. Um, we saw a Death Triangle segment backstage. Penta basically just wants Andrade first. Pac said that... Uh, Andrade's more than welcome to come find him anywhere, anytime. 
And then later on, Chavo Guerrero accepted on Andrade's behalf for All Out. So at All Out, it will be Andrade versus Penta. So that should be cool. Next match, Matt Hardy and Private Party picked up the victory over Wheeler Yuta, Orange Cassidy, and Chuck Taylor. Chris Statlander got into a screaming fight with the Bunny. Nyla Rose ran down and attacked Chris Statlander, which they basically did last week to lead into the women's match later on in the night. Jack Evans attacks Orange Cassidy behind the referee's back. Too much is going on in this segment. I think Matt Hardy's HFO has way too many people in it at this point. Um, But then they go into the next match. Chris Statlander picks up the victory over Nyla Rose, but... Both of them were literally just out there in the segment before, yet for some reason, they both get entrances. And not only that, it was as if the best friends hadn't been in the previous segment. This was maybe a two-minute match, though. Nyla Rose attacks Chris Statlander right as she gets into the ring. The bell rings. Statlander, I think the spot of the, the match would be when she was doing the handstand walk. Nyla Rose ends up spearing her, which uh, she was upside down for, so I thought that was cool. She, as in uh, Chris Statlander, was upside down. Um, so, yeah, it was cool. 450 Splash picks up that victory clean. Didn't expect that. So, I enjoyed that finish. Britt Baker has a segment. Hometown, Britsburg, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Home of Bruno San Martino. Home of Kurt Angle which I uh, I think people are maybe expecting him for Rampage this weekend. Um, don't know about that. But this segment, Red Velvet ends up attacking Britt Baker after Britt Baker's interview with Tony Schiavone. Crowd obviously super hot for Britt Baker. She came out wearing those uh, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins gear, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but I, I don't know why people should care about Britt Baker versus Red Velvet for the women's championship. Red Velvet's not number one in the rankings. It's obviously just a match for that Pittsburgh pop. Hometown hero, Red Velvet, uh, obviously not going to win the women's championship in Pennsylvania against Britt Baker on the first episode of Rampage. So... Outside of uh, that, I didn't care for... I don't care for the Red Velvet addition to this feud. But it's just something for Britt Baker to do in her hometown. So I don't mind in that sense. After that, the Good Brothers picked up the victory over the Dark Order to retain the Impact Tag Team Championships. Scott Demore was on commentary, which I thought was cool. Brian Hebner, God bless him, was the referee of the match. Kazarian came out, took Brandon Cutler out of this segment. Stu Grayson, though, I think was the highlight of this match. He put in some serious work. Fantastic showing from Stu Grayson and Evil Uno here. I Obviously, I didn't think the Impact Championships were leaving the, the wastes of the Good Brothers, but I wouldn't have minded it. I like Dark Order. I just hope that we see more of Stu Grayson. Give him single competition. I'll gladly watch that. After that, they aired a Camille video package, the NWA World Women's Champion, so I thought that's cool to have this air on the show to hype up her versus Layla Hirsch. After that, QT Marshall was supposed to apologize to Tony Schiavone, but it led to him saying that Tony should be apologizing to him 
Nick Camarado dragged Tony Schiavone's son in the ring. For some reason, he was there. Drags him into the ring, uh, um, punches him in the gut. Tony Schiavone is then forced to apologize, which he did. And then QT drops Tony's son regardless. Big Show came out, chokeslammed Aaron Solo after that. So I have to assume this is going to lead to Big Show versus QT Marshall. In a normal setting, I would assume it would be on the all-out pay-per-view, but given AEW's wild antics with their booking, I would perhaps probably say it'll show up on Dynamite or Rampage. After that, the main event of Dynamite saw Chris Jericho pick up the victory over Wardlow. This was the fourth labor of MJF, and it was quite underwhelming. I said that last week. You have Nick Gage, a deathmatch gimmick. You have Hooventude, Guerrera. Those are two, like, pop moments. And then you just give him Wardlow where the stipulation is MJF is in my corner. But I think MJF being the fifth labor also sucks. I thought it was going to be five labors and then MJF. I was hoping to see Ultimo Dragon or someone cool like Hoovy was last week. But in the match, Aubrey Edwards ends up tossing MJF from the ringside area because he crawls into the ring to give Wardlow that diamond ring. But it makes no sense because part of the labor was that MJF would be ringside. How could, how could she change the labor? Jericho, when that happens, uses a baseball bat, picks up the victory. Sean Spears runs down. Sammy Guevara makes the save, tries to at least. Wardlow gets the upper hand. MJF ends up locking Jericho in the salt of the earth. Jake Hager chases them off. MJF announces the stipulation for labor number five next week, which is that Chris Jericho can't use the Judas effect. Big whoop. Judas effect sucks. And he can't use the Judas theme song. Who who cares? Who cares that Chris Jericho can't have any music? Like, I'm assuming the fans are going to sing Judas regardless. But who cares? And And if Chris Jericho uses the Judas effect, MJF wins automatically. We saw Chris Jericho try to use the steel chair in that match against Sean Spears. I'm thinking maybe we'll see Chris Jericho behind the referee's back use the Judas effect. But that's AEW Dynamite. Uh, something that I thought maybe they would have mentioned. Maybe. Given that their champion is in the match, the probably main event, and a few of their roster members are on the card. Triple Mania. I thought maybe there was a chance. But that forbidden door is closed. They don't care to mention that on television at all. I understand you can't watch Triple Mania in America, but still, not even a mention. Kenny Omega is the AAA Mega Champion, and he's facing Andrade. Impact mentioned in passing that Deanna Perrazzo is going to be facing Fabi Apache, champion versus champion. The Lucha Brothers are champions in AAA as well. They're they're on the card. But hopefully I'll be able to watch some of Triple Mania. Someone will stream it on Twitch or something. 
Uh, I just, I don't think I will, but uh, that's basically AEW right now. Hey, Brandon, got any shout-outs? Hey there, pal, it's me, Mickey Mouse, and you're listening to Brandon Shoutouts. The first shout-out goes to Highway to Hell by ACDC. I don't know if you heard the song this week or last week, whenever they put it out, but Tom Morello recently put out a cover with Bruce Springsteen and Eddie Vedder. Did you hear it? No, I didn't. Is it good? I think it is so bad. So that's why the original song is getting a shout-out. I think it's one of the best SummerSlam theme songs, and I can always, like, picture the video in my head when I hear the... Start like I could picture Stone Cold Steve Austin and Undertaker walking through all the fire and everything. Yeah, that's kind of where my mind goes to. Either yeah. that or Spike Dudley. Why Spike? That was his theme song in ECW. I have no recollection of that. Yeah, that was his theme song. Or at least I'm from my knowledge and that, my memory. I mean, which that is could not definitely that... be a thing. I don't, just don't well, I mean, have no memory of that. If we're going based off of my knowledge and my memory, that's I don't know if I would trust that, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next shout-out, though, is going to the Disney Store, only because they recently closed the one in Roosevelt Field by us. I think it's a shame. There's, like, I think the closest one is, like, Queens and Manhattan now. Yeah, but nobody really, like... I don't know. Everything there is overpriced. Yeah. And you can get online. I, it was always one of my favorite stores to look at when I was a kid because they had those giant moving window displays and the gremlins, what seemed like the, the tower of plushes. They they had the gremlins too. Would they? Yeah. 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 You, you never, yeah. They had the gremlins, uh, hidden in the seal in like the ceilings and stuff like that. I believe at the Disney store in Roosevelt field mall. Why would they have gremlins? I'm almost positive, yeah. I'm Was almost... gremlins like a Buena Vista gimmick? or No, no. I'm almost Why would they certain. have gremlins? I'm almost certain it was the gremlins. Gremlins was Warner Brothers, so I'm thinking you're thinking of the Warner Brothers store. Oh. Also a cool store when Why... I was a kid. Now I don't remember the Warner Brothers store. Warner Brothers store, I think, was like all maybe wood on the outside, but maybe not. Disney store obviously had like the film reel. That I remember. That I remember. But in recent years, I would go to the Disney store for like uh, if my friend was picking up like uh, a gift or something. Or just to like pop my head and see what they have there. Something cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's gone. No longer there. And uh, the last shout-out goes to Jungle Cruise. When my brother and sister-in-law sister were here, they ordered it on Disney Plus with the Premier Access, which I was going to go see it in theaters. But I wasn't going to argue that. No, yeah. And I definitely would have liked to have seen it in movie theaters, but I think it was still awesome to get to watch it in my house. And I really enjoyed Jungle Cruise, and I hope there's a sequel. It seems like it's a really good movie. Yeah. Between Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, the, the Tall Tales from Sea of Thieves, and this Jungle Cruise movie, it's been like a really nice, small taste of Disney World in my own home this summer. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. And Jungle Cruise, I think, was really good. And I was hoping for 
like I, I want like a an updated haunted mansion movie that's like not not that the Eddie Murphy one sucked, but it's not what I want out of a haunted mansion movie. I want to see one with less comedy. And they had the um they had a Tower of Terror movie that was on Disney Channel, I believe, but which again, it not to say it sucked, but I want like a feature film like Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. And apparently they were going to have one with Scarlett Johansson in it or like directing or something like that. And now they're cutting ties with her over the lawsuit, apparently. I don't know what the Disney dirt is, but... Yeah, what's... Like, I mean, is she going to be written off of, like, everything with the Avengers? I mean, she was written off already, basically. True. Very true, very true. I mean, we already know she's dead. Spoiler alert. Yo! I mean, if you haven't seen... What is it? Endgame by now? (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen there. That sucks that that relationship ended the way it did. The yeah, I guess like... was asked well, about the same thing, about him not receiving mm-hmm. the, the, the money from theaters and whatnot. And he's like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, and He's it's... been very positive about the success of Jungle Cruise. It's been, it's, it was number one. Now it's at number two in, in the United States. Yeah, it's one of those things with... Or in the world. Yeah, it's one of those things where... Uh, I guess she gets paid based off of um, the viewership in the movie theater, and they released both of them simultaneously, so of course not as many people are going to go to the movie theater. Yeah, which there should have been some sort of like Disney Plus clause. Yeah, I'm surprised that, well, it seems like there may have been. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. know. Disney said that like we paid you everything we owed you. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like just contract bureaucracy stuff. Yeah, but go out and see Jungle Cruise. Very enjoyable. If you're a Disney fan, you will definitely enjoy it. If you're a fan of the Jungle Cruise, my only complaint is that there wasn't a Jingle Cruise reference, but everything else was like spot on, like mark out Jungle Cruise stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was fun, and uh, hopefully there will be a sequel. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... That is right, our mark out moment of the week. I think I definitely marked out with Randy Orton hugging Matt Riddle on Raw. Really? Just the way the fans were, like, involved there. And so engaged, and they were like, obviously, they were marking out as well. So I think maybe I didn't mark out over it, but I marked out over the fans marking out over it. Mm-hmm. Because, it, like I said before, it, it reminded me of, like, Team Hell No. Yeah, I, I guess I, I understand it. You know? And also, uh, not really a mark out moment of the week, but uh, I did watch The Suicide Squad on HBO Max. Did you watch it? No. I'm trying to... I just have to find time to sit down and watch it. I really want to. I saw a bunch of people saying how good it was, and then I saw reviews saying that this movie flopped. Huh. And I saw James Gunn say how funny John Cena is, so I definitely... I was like, 
I'm on the fence because I don't really care about DC movies. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the Suicide Squad, the first one. Mm-hmm. But I decided to watch this, and I was very happy with this. I enjoyed this movie. I gotta see it. I um, didn't know any of the characters outside of Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. So this is was, so. There's a lot of throwback to the other movie. I have no idea. I don't okay. know who's from what. <laughs> I know John Cena is obviously a new character. Yeah. So, I was happy watching that. I can't wait to see John Cena's HBO Max show now mm-hmm. with the Peacemaker. Because I think he did a really, uh, really well done job here. And I did kind of pop at the, the the Peacemaker official verified Twitter account responded to my Suicide Squad tweet that mm-hmm. I sent from Marking Out. I mean, most likely it was John Cena. Most likely, yeah. I mean, they, the the account responded. I, I tweeted something about in. I was like, the Suicide Squad was enjoyable, and I can't wait for the Max show. And the Peacemaker account responded, "You're going to enjoy the hell out of me." Yeah, so, John Cena knows about. Uh, Brandon and Marking Out and you know John Cena we're always hoping to you appearing on the show yeah but yeah, I mean good times. we uh, I mean I made a John Cena ice cream bar cheesecake at one point yeah that's very true very true <laughs> but that's that's my mark out moment of the week that seems like our mark out moments of the week that's episode 549 Thank you so much for listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Marking Out, at Chris Sweendog, at David PTDPT on Twitter and Instagram, also BTTG161, MarkingOut.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts, and more. Use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com, ProWrestlingTees.com slash out YouTube.com slash out 11 That's the same as our Instagram at out 11 Facebook.com slash out And we wish you the, the best, best of luck, luck in your future endeavors. Your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.